Hello, and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths, and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Why, hello, everyone. Today, welcome to the Healing Trauma Mamas podcast. I'm so excited today because I get to have a good dear friend of mine on the podcast, Miss um, Allie Wyatt. She is with us. Many of you have probably listened to me on the Happy Home Birth podcast. That's where I shared my story. And that's really how um, the whole Healing Trauma Mamas Facebook group began. And then the whole idea to even start the podcast began. And so on that podcast that I was on with Caitlin Fusco, I, I mentioned two births that were very um, meaningful for me and really taught me a lot as a student midwife. And, and one of those births, if you'll recall, is the one where I talked about a mom who, who had to surrender and, and just give it all over to Jesus. And then she finally got her baby. Well, that wonderful mom is Allie. And she is to join us today, Allie. So do you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? Of course. Hi, thanks, Madon. Um, I'm excited to, to be on here today. I appreciate you thinking of me. Um, my name is Allie Wyatt, like Madon said, and I have um, a wonderful husband. I've been married for 12 years. Um, next week, I think maybe it's a few more weeks. That's okay. Um, but I have six children, um, five biological, um, one of them is adopted. Um, but I have had all sorts of births. Um, they have kind of the, I have done the gamut of things and, um, <laughs> you get a lot of experiences to pull from Allie. Yes. I have a lot of different experiences and, and, um, it's been an interesting journey. Um, but yeah, I, I've kind of, um, it's been a really something that I have learned to look at as a blessing. It's been really cool. So yeah, that's a little about me. Yeah. Well, I, I most of the, the listeners don't know much about you. Obviously I know a lot more. I'm thankful that we've able to become friends after I was able to help with your care as a student midwife. And then kind of a, this journey going forward, when I was able to uh, be on the happy home birth podcast, that kind of caused you and me and um, the other um, member that you guys have heard talk about of the, the healing trauma mamas group, Alyssa, that we kind of, I kind of talked to each of you before I joined and talked about you on the podcast. So it's real interesting because that just kind of got snowball of things going. And then we decided to do the Facebook group. And then we got to talk a lot more and really just mm -hmm. get more involved, um, with each other's lives. And, in birth work, um, which hopefully you'll get to share with us later, how that's changed for you. But one of the neatest things uh, about Allie's family, y'all may not know is, is she actually had her baby in an RV. Um, I did. yeah. And you, do you want to tell like how many children, like so neat because my family and I looked at having an RV once in traveling and, um, we have six kids and we always thought, how would we do that with six kids? And I got to see how with Allie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a funny thing about us. So we, um, my husband's in the oil field industry. And so we did some traveling for some years when we started in our camper, we had four children, um, and we ended up living in it for four years. And, 
over those four years, um, God gave us two more blessings. So um, yeah, it was kind of a crazy deal. We, uh, we started out in Oklahoma. We ended up in New Mexico, Texas, New Mexico border area. Um, and uh, yeah, we kind of made do. There were a couple sets of bunk beds and we added a toddler bed and, um, you know, a lot of purging, not make sure we didn't have a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of minimalism, and, uh, minimalism a, going along. Huh? There you go. Yeah. We got rid of a lot of things and, and it was just a great, a great time. We learned a lot about, uh, about, um, just having less and, and doing, having more experiences and time together. So yeah, it was really cool. Oh, uh, something kind of neat. Um, for me, I, I got to help with a couple different births in RVs. Um, but mm-hmm. there was, there was one couple, it was their first baby and, and they had a very large, beautiful RV. Right. But mm-hmm. we still didn't have much space, um, uh-huh. for having the birth tub in there and everything. And I loved how you guys worked everything out and you planned ahead and we had so much space, you know, for all the kids to be in there and the midwife and me and, and, yeah. you know, and everything. And it was still, it was so nice and cozy and beautiful. And we weren't just like crammed in. It was just, it was nice. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad. Yeah. We did a lot of making sure our furniture was collapsible and made sure that our uh, that we could uh, get rid of things and move things around so that that was possible is really important to me. Um, so it, it worked out. <laughs> well, and, and I got a little familiar with the RV, so <laughs> yep. spent a fair amount of time there. So we can yeah. talk about that here in just a little bit about, about yeah. how that went. Do you want to share um, any of your history prior to children or you want to, you want to tell us a little bit about some of your births that you experienced? Sure. I'd love, I will, if, if that's okay, I'll just Absolutely. jump right into Go for it. To my kiddos. Um, so my husband and I got married, I was, oh goodness, like 20. Um, and we, we had a plan, you know, let's wait a couple of years and we'll probably have two or three kids. And, um, instead we got pregnant when I was, we've been married for six months, um, with Betty, my oldest. And, um, so I was 21 when she was born and I just kind of had the traditional medicated birth. We, um, had a a doctor that, you know, we loved and this, uh, little kind of designer hospital. And, um, I went in, um, whenever an early labor, like as soon as I realized I was in labor, I went in, um, and they said, you know, you have the right to not be in any kind of pain if you don't want. So you're only a four, but we'll give you an epidural. And I said, okay. And, uh, so I know, I know. And so they gave me an epidural and, um, I went to sleep for 12 hours and I woke up and the doctor was like, okay, are you ready to have a baby? And I was like, sure. Um, so it was pretty, I mean, it was a fine birth. Nothing was just dreadful. Um, but I mean, it was definitely just kind of your typical run of the mill, I didn't know anything about, about birth. I come from a large family, but my mom didn't really talk about it too much. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I just did the thing and, um, you know, she was born and, uh, I, and at the time, you know, I was like, Oh, like everything was just perfect. And, um, so that was my first birth, pretty uneventful, um, you know, and, uh, but then my second birth, um, he, uh, well, and I should say this with her, I had prodromal labor where 
you know, you have real contractions. It's not just mm-hmm. like my, my cervix didn't do anything. So for like four weeks, I mean, it was a long time. Um, it probably had to do with, I didn't have a ton of hydration going on because I liked Dr. Pepper and no one said anything to me like, Hey, <laughs> young girl, you should probably be hydrated. So that was uh, cool. it's interesting um, how yeah. much doctors don't talk about nutrition. I know I had no idea. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I remember like them saying, walk around, you know, like mm-hmm. never before I was admitted. And I was like drinking Dr. Pepper in the hospital, oh, like my. walking laps. It was awful. Oh, don't do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's fine. Anyways. Then, uh, I actually got pregnant again, like three months postpartum. So, um, because we just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't think about anyways, it doesn't matter. I stopped nursing and I got pregnant. And so, um, but we were excited and it was good. And, um, my son Stan and I actually had a different doctor, um, with him, that doctor moved. Um, actually you'll know this. I have had different providers with every single one of my births mm-hmm. or no, just because that's happened. Yeah. Um, I haven't technically fired anyone or anything. It just happened that way. So, um, with Stan, well, I and had, you guys have moved yeah. around a lot, right? So you're right. We yeah. have, when you do that, um, with him, it was the same deal, pretty straightforward. Um, I just planned on doing it the same way. Um, and I had prodromal labor again for like six weeks And, um, at 39 weeks, my doctor told me, he said, uh, well, I mean, you're having, cause I was still having the contractions. Um, and Mm -hmm. he just said, you know, if you come in, like we could just break your water and you'll have a baby, like your body is contracting. And he goes, but I can't do that to like 39 weeks. And I was just like, yes, I'm so ready to meet my baby. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not ever really thinking about, you know, that, that my body, like my baby's not coming out because my baby's not ready and things like that. So it yeah. was fine. I went in, um, and I get all checked in one morning. I'm like, okay, we're going to get induced or not in, technically he was just going to break my water. And he did. And as soon as he broke my water, he goes, Oh no, that's not his head. Oh, um, yes. So my son was upside down. He was breached, complete breach. I think it is right where mm-hmm. they're booty down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they said, you got to roll over on your side and in an hour, you're having a C-section because of this hospital, like, no, please no don't push him trained. out. Don't I know exactly. <laughs> no one was trained in how oh. to have do breach delivery. And he was just like, huh. I like to think though, that, you know, no one checked his position. And I like to think that that doctor will always check position from now on, because right. I just remember the look on his face. Like he was so mortified like that, that happened. And but, he probably wasn't um, trained in breach at all because oh, exactly. it's, it's an, <laughs> it's an old skill that it, that most don't get trained in anymore. Exactly. Um, he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember, and I was hysterical, upset and crying and was on my side. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it had been like 10 minutes and I was like, John, go get a nurse. And I was the, but he was, he was not crowning because it wasn't his head, but he was starting to come out. Mm-hmm. I was like, he needs to come out right now. And, you know, and the nurse is like trying to check me and I'm like, I can't move my, she's like needing me to put my legs down. I'm like, ah, and, uh, oh, really goodness. like looking back, I'm like, I, he would have just flown out. Like I was mm-hmm. having fetal ejection reflex. Like he was going to come out. Um, so they whisked me to the ER real quick. Uh, luckily they didn't knock me out. They just did a quick spinal 
and I had a C-section, um, was not at all what I had planned. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, recovery from that with a, a one-year-old, um, just 12 months, um, was tricky, but, but it was okay, but that happened. And, um, you know, we, it's such a shame that they don't get trained in that anymore. I mean, I know. it's just a rarity to find a doctor who's trained or knows how to, to deal with it in a safe mm-hmm. manner, you know, and instead go exactly. to C-section. I mean, you know, exactly. a major surgery for you instead. So, yes, exactly. Just, that was, and that was the thing about it, you know, is that I just really would rather not have major surgery personally. I'm like, Oh yeah. And so then that's what happened. And, um, but, and, you know, I'm sure they had to push him back up. I mean, cause he was, they had to have, out. if he was, yeah. 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 So it was like a whole thing. Um, but yeah, so then after him, um, we actually had, uh, let me think my next children are two years after him. And so I guess, you know, just a little over or yeah, about a, well, about a year later, um, we got pregnant and had a really early miscarriage, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it was, it was really sad. And it was one of those things where no one told me that it was like, I looked it up and was like, oh my gosh, I just had a miscarriage because I had a positive pregnancy. Really early, huh? and yeah. yeah, it was early. Um, but, uh, that happened and I was just devastated and, and I did had no desire to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that actually started us on our fostering journey, um, which is a whole nother story. But, um, when that happened, you know, we started like, okay, like, we'll, won't think about getting pregnant and we'll just help some kids. Um, not for the point of adoption because that isn't wise, but, um, because we wanted these kids to be able to go home to their families, but it was a good distraction for me. And we started, um, doing that and pretty much right. As soon as we got certified, I got pregnant again, um, with Buck and, um, Buck, my doctor. So I went back to that, the guy that did my um, C-section and just said, you know, for the very beginning and told him, you know, like, I really want to have a V-back. And, um, and he said, you know, I can't do that, but there's this midwife program at this hospital um, and they will do it. So he, which was very kind of him. He was um, really empowering that way. He wasn't like, no, you need to stay here. He Mm -hmm. said, you know, go. And so I go to um, this midwife at this hospital. Um, and we had, you know, I had a couple kids, so, so they didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of education from them or anything, but we, we did, it was a good experience. Um, and I was 38 weeks pregnant. Um, I'm just going to throw this in here. It's not really birth related, but, um, when I was 38 weeks pregnant, we, uh, we had a little girl go home, um, which was great. That's, you know, she, they found like an aunt or something. She went to go stay with them. And so they asked us if we wanted to take a break from fostering. And we said, well, if we stop, we probably won't start again. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll only take a baby, which if you know anything about fostering, you know, there's sometimes people are like, oh, we just want babies and no one ever give like, it takes forever. So yeah. we're not expecting anything. And I'm 38 weeks pregnant and they call me with a four day old baby boy, my son, mm-hmm. George. And, uh, that was a little unexpected, huh? <laughs> a little unexpected. I was huge pregnant. Um, and George had to go to the hospital. He had some seizures and we took him to the hospital. And I just remember like walking through 
huge pregnant. I mean, 40 weeks pregnant, we're in the hospital with him and people are like, oh, labor and deliveries on the other floor. Um, oh my. <laughs> I know. We're like, we know we're not here for that. Um, but anyway, so anyway, so we, so I'm there at the hospital. Um, and I remember being like, I think I'm in early labor the day that George got checked out. So we put him in the car with um, my sister and her husband and we go up and the midwife, uh, there was a midwife on call and she checked me and, you know, I was in labor, but she said I was in early labor. And for some reason, it did not click in my brain that she was telling me, yes, you're in labor. Like it just didn't mm -hmm. hit me. I remember her saying, well, this is early labor. How about I give you something to help you rest and you go home and then we'll see you probably tomorrow to have a baby. Mm -hmm. But she was very kind. She didn't want me to just like go on the clock, you know, cause it was early. And I said, oh, okay. And it just did not register to me that I was in labor. She <laughs> said I was, and I just didn't. And so what ended up happening is we went to my parents' house and slept on the couch and I slept through labor. Um, wow. like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I know. I remember waking my husband up and I was like, and my plan with him was to, because, because with Stan, <laughs> he had come so quickly. Um, and like, you know, I mean, I didn't, it was just my water broke and then like, he was ready to come. Um, it wasn't a scary or painful experience until the very end, whenever mm -hmm. he was, and I was trying to keep him from coming out. Um, so I just was like, well, I mean, if it's like that, I'll just, I'll just do it naturally. I hadn't prepared for this. I had no, like, you know, I was just like, well, it was easy. Like I could have, if he would have been head down, I could have pushed him out. No problem. Well, so, you did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I was like, well, we'll just see. And so I get to the hospital with Buck. My husband made a very long drive really fast. It was not good. Uh -huh. We get there and they checked me. I was a 10. Um, so there was no epidural. There's no, you know, nothing. And so um, I'm laying there in my, and I'm having a lot of back labor. And mm -hmm. um, he was not, this one is probably my most, is my most traumatic birth. And, and so I'll spend a little extra on it, but sure. he, um, I had a lot of back labor. I didn't really know what was going on because, you know, I feel like the beginning part of labor is there for a reason. It's there for us to, to get our brains ready for, we're mm -hmm. going to push baby out. So whenever you mm -hmm. skip all that and you just wake up. Oh yeah. That's gotta be like shock down, factor. It was awful. I mean, cause I was just panicking and I was not, it's like waking up in transition, you know, your, your yeah. brain is doing what it needs to do. So yeah, because you get I, to it's early labor and then and then mm -hmm. leading up to transition is all, you know, building, you know, it starts yes. out maybe slow and, and a little easier and then it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and you get mm -hmm. used to it as it builds. Exactly. And you're able to process what's happening. Yes. But be, okay, waking like, up in transition, waking up like that. Wow. Yeah, it was it was nuts. And so we we're at the hospital and my midwife was not there this lady I didn't know. And, um, I'm sure they all just thought I was crazy because I was panicking and really, I just needed somebody to let me panic and yeah. then come back in. But I couldn't advocate for that. I was in crazy town. So, of course. um, she, uh, basically what happened, I was there 30 minutes before he was born, but in that 30 minutes, she was like, Oh, you're having back labor. Get on all fours. She didn't talk to me really. She walked out of the room. She came back 
Um, and I guess I had a cervical lift, um, you know, where part of the cervix is not just for anyone out there who doesn't know what that is. Um, part of my cervix, just, just a little piece of it still needed to go over mm-hmm. um, his head. And um, instead of talking to me about that or anything, she just pulled the lip right over his head. Um, and it was very painful. And I mean, that is probably my biggest point of trauma mm-hmm. <laughs> in all of this. Um, and then my midwife got there a few minutes after that and I pushed him out and it was fine. I mean, I think we talked about good. that, that you had a, had a cervical injury. Yes. That's um, what it was. I had this, she, she hurt me <laughs> It was yeah. my, my, on my cervix. Cause she didn't, and you know, well, and that'll get, you know, this story, but, um, it'll get interesting when I talk about Elsie and um, my last one. Um, I had a similar situation, but the way it was handled changed everything about it. Mm-hmm. So that was Buck. And then we waited five more years to have another kid. And part of that was we were fostering. And part of that was we had a f- twins, essentially. Um, yeah. They were the same age. Uh, but then another part of that uh, was that, I mean, I was not, I was scared. Oh, I'm you sure. Know? That, was, that was very traumatic. It was dreadful. It was really, really scary. And I, and I don't know that I really thought about it a lot to like name it as trauma Mm -hmm. um, until, until a lot later. Um, But then whenever they were five, I got pregnant with Elsie or nope, Gladys. Sorry. (laughs) We can't skip Gladys. (laughs) I can't skip Gladys. Gladys is three now. It's not nuts. Oh Um, goodness. I know. And she, um, I had we were there. The midwife program had been dissolved at that hospital. So I went with a doctor that a friend had used um, and everything went fine, but I was nervous at a lot of white coat syndrome through the mm-hmm. whole thing. I was just terrified. Um, and I remember telling my husband, I was like, and, and you have to, I had not even ventured into home birth yet. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling him like, I would rather just have this baby by myself with nobody there then go to a hospital. I was just terrified. Um, but we went to, um, this doctor and she was kind and she, she loved Jesus. And so we were like, okay, like this will be good. She was supportive. We talked about things. Um, I hired a doula, um, for this one. It was somebody I knew for a very long time. Um, so it was a blessing and, um, you know, she helped us with like a birth plan. Like I, and I mean, in my birth plan, it was very, Like you will not touch me without asking. Mm -hmm. And I felt so dramatic because it sounded so intense in my head, but that's what I needed. I needed everyone in the room to understand, like, you are not going to touch me unless you ask me what I'm doing. And if I, and if I can't communicate, you may ask my husband, but you're not going to touch me without permission. And that's where I was at. Which, Um, which I know you didn't think about it too much then, but that is a a very common trauma response from something like that. Exactly. I mean, cause that's that, cause that's what happened. You know, somebody touched mm-hmm. me without permission and it hurt mm-hmm. me and I was hurting after she pulled that cervical lip out, which would have gone away by itself. And there are other ways that we could hopefully most likely, mm-hmm. and we could have, could have worked together as a team to help that go away. Um, but because we didn't, I mean, it hurt for like nine months, oh, maybe even more goodness. than that. And and I didn't even tear. So that's the other thing. I've actually never torn at a birth, which is nuts. I don't understand mm-hmm. how that's happened. Did you um, bleed so extra? Did they miss that was, that was, um, that birth? I don't know. Okay. I was Possibly. curious. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. They didn't tell me. That's one interesting thing, you know, sometimes in the hospital, they don't tell you a whole lot. Yeah. Um, But you say that I'm kind of like, yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah, I I would, I would expect that you did. I would expect you definitely had some trauma to that cervix for that, for it hurting for nine months afterwards. Nine. There had to have been some damage done there. It was crazy. Yeah. And I suspect that she actually ripped your cervix. Yeah. Well, I didn't have any stitches. Yeah, um, but they couldn't but, stitch up. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not a spot mm-hmm, they could stitch mm-hmm. up. But maybe they tore my cervix. Yeah. I, I would say that's very likely what happened for you to have damage and pain for that long afterwards. That's probably, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That does make a lot of sense. I never thought about that before. Yeah. Cause I didn't have, um, I was there so quick. I didn't have an IV. I didn't have anything, which I mean, I was all about. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember after, after she was born, they did give me an IV so they could give me some Pitocin for mm-hmm. my, for my, um, whatever uterus and all mm-hmm. that. So that would make sense if I bled a little extra and um, that they would also be a little more cautious on yeah. doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then with Gladys, oh, and another thing I forgot about Buck just to throw this in there is that he, I also had the padromal labor with him, mm-hmm. but it was longer. It was like eight weeks. Yeah. Us mamas that have multiple babies for some reason, they just just increase and increase and increase. (laughs) And Um, and it is because then you think like, you know, I've had so many babies, surely I know when I'm in labor and I know when like the real stuff is happening. So why am I dealing with this all the time? I know, (laughs) but we did that. And then he was also breach, um, towards the end. And I did all the crunchy things. I mean, I did we went to the chiropractor and I did spending babies and he flipped. So it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all worked out well, but then with Gladys, I, um, was doing good. I, I, you know, I had slightly elevated blood pressure when I went to the doctor because I was terrified of course. and, um, and every did time your doctor seem and- to be like, um, did, did they seem to acknowledge that or how did she, they, she never said anything about it ever ah, okay. until I was, I was, yeah, isn't that, it's funny. Like I remember commenting, like the nurse doing it. And I'd be like, yeah, that's funny. Like, or maybe the nurse would say, you know, Oh, are you like, is everything okay? And I, and also I'd like to say I had five young children with me oh, yeah. at all of these appointments. Yep. Um, so it's like this tiny hospital room and me and five, I mean, essentially the products six and younger or seven and younger mm-hmm. three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seven and younger. And, and I'm huge pregnant and I'm terrified. So yeah, there was a little bit going on, but the doctor never said anything about it. Um, and never gave me any kind of education about, um, gestational hypertension or, or preeclampsia or anything like that. So mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. Yeah. And then it, she, Gladys was in a good position. Everything was good until like 34 weeks, she decided to flip and she was breech. Um, so we did all the crunchy things we did chiropractic and spinning babies and, um, moxibuction and acupuncture. We did oh, all wow, the things. Yeah. 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 She did not flip. And so the doctor offered a, um, I'm just, this is interesting, uh, an external version. Uh-huh. And I was like, sure, but I didn't want an epidural. Um, sure. Because I wasn't planning to have one anyways. And so anyway, so I go in and they're like 12 students. She's like, can all these people watch? They've never seen this one of these done. And oh, wow. Yeah. And without an epidural, most doctors where I was wouldn't do that. And so mm-hmm. they all wanted to watch. And I was like, sure. 
Um, Most don't. It's pretty rare for somebody to have a a version like that without an epidural Um, or some type of medicine. I actually got the help um, go in the OR for them to do one in the OR just in case was their thing that if something, you know, went south, um, then they would be able to handle it really well. And I had a mama that was the same as you saying, no, I don't want an epidural. I don't want any medication. I don't, I don't want anything. I'm just going to, we're going to handle this. And yeah, mm-hmm. I could see the doctor sweating and working so hard oh. and the mama was just breathing and holding it together. So I was like, yeah, yeah. That's very unusual for it. It's painful. But it hurts. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. I made a lot of noise. Yeah. It was kind of a, Oh, okay. Okay. I got this. It's fine. I'm not hurting. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like that. And, oh, and it was yeah. over. I mean, and she flipped easily. It was a blessing. Um, the one thing I had to wait, they had a lot of emergency C-sections that mm-hmm. day. So I was actually in a post-op room, like where they take you to recover from surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat there all day, like waiting to get this done. So naturally with that, my blood pressure was also a little oh, bit high, it was. Saying, of course. And because I was sitting in this room and, you know, people were in, in and out all day and I'm waiting and I'm nervous. And um, anyways, so she does the version she leaves, she comes back and says, how do you feel about having a baby today? And oh. I start to go, well, I mean, like, like, and she goes, oh, wait, it's not an option. Like you're what? having your baby. No, she goes, wow. You are showing all the signs of preeclampsia, which I was not. I would just like to point out real quick. Um, okay, yeah. uh, whatever the number is, it's like what? Mm-hmm. One 40 over 90 or something like that. Yeah. Anything above 140 over 90 is considered hypertension. And I never even got that high. I got to like 137, 136. Really? Uh-huh. But they so, were calling that. Yeah, I was going to say, what other symptoms were you having? Anything? That's a great question. Yeah. I think they just wanted to get me done, mm-hmm. especially since I just had a version. And I know a lot of doctors tend to induce right after a version anyways, but that wasn't what they were anyways. Yeah. I that wasn't the reasoning she gave you. Exactly. So, and yeah. I remember nurses coming in periodically and like poking my feet, like to see if they were swollen and they weren't like, I could see the bones in my feet. Wow. Um, but they were just like, you didn't have any me. headaches or vision issues, nothing, protein not, in your urine. nothing, wow. nothing. And so she, she, uh, she decided that we were going to induce and, you know, whenever you're in that situation and I have my doula with me and everything but the doctor was like you are showing these signs we have to do this and we said okay I know so she induced me um and it went fine I didn't have any pain meds um just just all the pitocin in the world and so um I had her and it went really well um I mean really the the birth itself was beautiful and great you know obviously there's a little weirdness and bullying and things that happened but Mm -hmm. um the birth was good. So well, that's good. Yeah. So, I mean, it was good. Glad glad you didn't have more trauma added on. I know. I know. I mean, that would have been dreadful. Um, now had you at this point in time, had you acknowledged the trauma from the previous birth and, and, and everything you'd went through with that? Had you talked about it? Um, I mean, besides with John, I'm sure you talked with John some about it, but yeah, I mean, some, I mean, really even with him though, I don't, I tend to be the kind of person. I think a lot of us who deal with birth trauma or any trauma, I downplay it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or 
you know, childbirth hurts sometimes. Like, I don't know why I'm freaking out. Um, yeah. But that's, we had that's pretty typical. that I had se- severe anxiety um, mm-hmm. and, and depression. I mean, I was in between, um, well, and I struggled after, really after Buck, that whole mm-hmm. five years, I was in a really dark, scary place until, um, and really Gladys's birth in a lot of ways was very healing for me. Um, that's great because even though things didn't go exactly as I had planned, um, I was able to, to kind of like even silly, it's not silly, but little things like putting, you're not going to touch me in my birth. Yeah. Plan. Feeling like you were in control somewhat yes. this time. Yeah. I'm sure yes, that helped and, a lot. Yes. And like handing it to the nurse and the nurse looking at it and saying, I remember she asked me about something in my birth plan about having Pitocin. Mm-hmm. I had said, you know, and then I was being induced and she came in and said, Hey, so, you know, you say that you're not really wanting Pitocin to help your, your uterus afterwards. I'm like, it's out the window at this point. Like I'm pumped full of Pitocin, but even <laughs> that, like, this lady, like, even though it was ridiculous, she still came and asked me about something on it. Like she was actually reading oh, that it. That was so nice. So there were things that were so good and helpful about that birth. Um, and I, I am I so thankful for it's so I'm so thankful for good labor and delivery nurses because they um, are out there and they are a special breed and it's, it's wonderful. Um, it really when you get one, it's just the ones mm-hmm. in between that we have to deal with sometimes that are very frustrating. Oh yes. And I've had a few of those. I remember with, uh, with Gladys, I had an IV back up into my arm and I, mm. you know, I tried to, I, so I push the button and this nurse comes in and like the most painful thing about Elsie's birth. And you know how people, I mean, I had a version and people talk about, about, um, you know, Pitocin contractions being so yeah. much more intense. Mm-hmm. The worst thing is she stepped me 13 times trying to find a vein. What? Night. 13? Yeah, like 13 times. I was black. Oh and my black. word. And in the end, another lady came in and wiggled the original one and just taped it differently. And I was fine. Um, oh, so goodness. that was cool. <laughs> that was cool. So it's oh. true. I mean, every now and then I, and I mean, she was sweet, but, but I, yeah. that was, that was awful. And so and I already don't like needles and have the trauma. And so Oof. I was like, oh. but overall yeah. that birth was very healing. Um, and then I guess after Gladys, mm-hmm. um, was Elsie when, when you came into my life, Miss Elsie. <laughs> you know, so oh Elsie traveled and we were, um, here in the middle of nowhere, um, Texas, New Mexico area. And um, Elsie, I was pregnant. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I, I had only heard, I wanted, I'd wanted to have a home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and really this is so, um, it's, I mean, it makes sense. I always worried about what other people thought about the way I was doing things. And I'd talked to John about wanting a home birth for a long time, but I was never brave enough just to be like, I don't care if my grandma thinks I'm weird or I don't care if my friends think that it's not safe. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm the mama and I'm going to do what there I think go. is best. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't done that. And I think moving into the middle of nowhere where I knew nobody um, helped me with that. Empowered you a little bit, huh? It did. It did. I could make whatever choice I wanted and it, no one was going to be around to tell me no. So, <laughs> so we, we chose to do that. And you guys were so sweet. We, um, and 
that I was so nervous. I remember asking you all, or I remember being like, okay, so here's a weird thing. We live in a camper and you guys were like, yeah, it's fine. fine." Um, And that was such a blessing, but yeah. And then you almost left us. I know. I remember that. And we were so sad. It was crazy. We, we thought John's job was just that we were going to go back to Oklahoma and, and the Lord just brought us right back. So yes, I'm so I'm, thankful. I am too. I really am. Um, I really am. So we, with Elsie, we did things to help her not be breached. We started doing spinning babies, I think like 27 mm-hmm. weeks of that. I felt very empowered about that. Um, and then really, I mean, really a, not an eventful pregnancy. I didn't struggle with my blood pressure. I, I don't think I don't remember <laughs> thinking that Mm-mm. I don't either. Um, so I didn't struggle with my blood pressure. I didn't struggle as much with anxiety and depression as I had like with, with Gladys. Um, I really did well. We get to towards the end and we actually pulled our camper closer to where you guys were yes. um, because there was a hospital nearby that I was comfortable about going to an emergency. Um, yes. And the midwife had a collaborating physician there that was, that worked well, um, with her. Um, I I don't work with that midwife anymore right now. I work with another midwife in my training, but, Mm -hmm. um, at the time over in in that area, yeah, that was the best uh, doctor in the hospital that she could transfer somebody to if needed or talk with him about, um, situations with clients. So that was, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys moved the camper close to there, not necessarily closer to the midwife. Technically it was, but it was in the town that was closest to the doctor just in case with you being a VBAC and everything. So yes, I was still, I was still nervous about that a lot. I was nervous about if there's an issue, what are we going to do? And, um, so basically looking back, I feel so bad. I realize I, I think I just always know pretty quickly when I'm in labor and really I've always had pretty fast fastly. I mean, once my water breaks, like <laughs> we fun. sure were expecting that. I <laughs> uh, know weren't we all, we were expecting me to go so fast. Um, and what happened was I called the midwife or my husband called the midwife and, and, and Madon, you were the midwife too, but I was just talking about, um, it doesn't okay. matter anyway. So <laughs> I had a lot further to travel than her. Cause I was actually training with another midwife much further away at the time. <laughs> It was crazy. It was nuts. And so she got there and they started like setting everything up. And, um, I don't know, a long time into my labor, my labor in total, I'll just go ahead and say it was 48 hours from the time I called you all probably more like 24 hours of active labor. Really? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I lose track on all that stuff. More than that. But in the (laughs) end, y'all were there for 48 hours. We were there a while. Yes. (laughs) We got to know that camper quite well. It was great. Uh, yep. You did my dishes and things. I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) It was nuts. But so I, I'm in labor. All my kids are there. You all are there. John's there. And it, it really wasn't, I mean, what, probably like I don't know in my, well, and I don't even know if it'd be 24 hours back of labor because I think it was more than that because there was a point that evening. So probably eight, nine hours later, mm-hmm. um, I was in the birth tub and I was, I was ready. I just started bearing down 
and we could all see her head. It's craziness. Elsie was crowning. I mean, she was right there. I was looking at her in a mirror and all of a sudden she just sucked back up and turned around. Never and, seen uh, anything like it. That was nuts. To be honest, <laughs> which, you know, at the time I was just a student that was, I'm not mm-hmm. even sure how far into my training at that point in time, but mm-hmm. I had never heard of that happening before. Um, right. and I was like, what, this is, this is a little wild. It was, <laughs> Cause Even we were all husband. gathered. We gathered, we woke the, we had the kids come in cause yeah. we were like, okay, we're about to have the baby. And so everybody come on in, you know, and all and that. And, and she just not quite what happened. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, okay. I mean, we ordered pizza. Like yes. I was like, right, yes. when this is done, I'm eating a pizza. There and you go. She yeah. So that happened. Um, and we ended up just, trying to get some rest is what, you know, I put my, Oh, what's that called? It's part of the, um, that circuit thing where you put your, Oh, the mile circuit. Down. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's part mm-hmm. of that where you put your chest down and your booty in the air. Right. We slept for a couple hours and then woke and up because she was started. fine and everything was fine and, and yes, healthy and great. yeah, you guys were doing well. It was just, things were going a little differently than expected. That's so well. yeah. So then we, we woke up and we just kind of got around and started all over again. And, mm-hmm. um, this time we got to a similar situation mm-hmm. where she was, um, where she was right there and we could see her. And, and, and at this point I had a little bit of a cervical lift again, mm-hmm. just like with Buck. Um, I don't remember this. Yeah. So tells- we might want to interject okay. here a moment that, you know, um, I remember you and I talked some after I had been on the podcast and the happy home birth and you asked me, did I really say these things? And yes. did this really happen? I'm like, yeah, you might, I want to ask John too, because when we're in that moment and dealing with so many things, we, a lot of times we don't remember, you know, exactly what it was that we said or that we did. And, and yeah, so you got to hear it from my perspective, a little bit of what was happening and, um, and then, you know, go ahead and you, you're welcome to tell, you know, the rest of it, no, but just, I just remember how that kind of changed for you and hearing, you know, it's what, been crazy. what, yeah, there were things, um, there were lots of things in this birth that towards the end there that I said and did that I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, um, my husband's, we had talked about, um, I was telling the midwife not to hurt me, um, you were. Yeah. a lot like maybe yelling it you were and I and I didn't know I mean I you have were. zero memory of this and um and on our side um at least I say our side but I know because the midwife and I talked about this some you know afterwards but um on our side I mean it was definitely trauma response and it was definite, you know, you could tell, like, it was almost like you were just back in that moment, mm-hmm. um, um, when your provider had to have ripped your cervix and hurt you so badly in in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, you were just transported back to that moment. And, and you, you, you didn't even recognize us as us, like, like you, you weren't even seeing us. And we, we kept trying to reassure you and saying, we love you. We're not trying to hurt you. We're trying to help you have this baby and you're tired. We understand. And you were just like blurry eyed, not being able to like fully 
notice us and just talking about, no, stop. Don't hurt me. Stop. Don't hurt me. You know, and definitely Mm -hmm. trauma, trauma response for sure. That was like, whoa, it was. And the thing that's crazy is I think that I wasn't concerned about it. Um, because like in my brain beforehand, because I'd had another baby in between Mm -hmm. these two births Mm -hmm. that were so similar and difficult. And I, I mean, I had a baby and everything had just, she just blown out and I was fine. Like no one interesting. That's the interesting thing about trauma is that we don't control when it comes up. So or our, or our triggers as, as most people would talk to them, you know, like, you know, like sometimes, you know, some one thing might happen, but it was a little bit different situation. And so it didn't bother us at all. And then the same thing happens, but there's just a little bit of a difference and we react completely differently. Exactly. Yeah. Trauma is so funny like that. It is. And the thing that, uh, so what happened was I remember, um, our midwife, she was like, she was talking me through, I remember her telling me like, okay, we're going to work together to try to get this lip to go back. And I remember, I remember being there and, and doing it. And, and besides, I mean, obviously I was telling her not to hurt me, which I feel Mm -hmm. kind of bad. I I shouldn't feel bad about it. Shouldn't feel bad about it. No, which is my trauma response. But, but looking back, like in my mind, like what I remember thinking Mm -hmm. was that it was much better because I, we were working together. Like, I don't even remember really feeling like it hurt. I just remember being like, okay, like we're working together. She's telling me what's going on. It's fine. But I was still reacting, um, in a, in a scared way because my body had held that trauma and then was like, And I wonder if, as we're talking about it right now, when we're kind of processing through it a little bit, I wonder mm -hmm. if even just the word cervical lip, like, like brought stuff back, you know, for you just hearing those words and you're like, no, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so I really wonder about that, but I am so thankful that because you knew like we weren't trying to do anything to you that we Mm -hmm. were asking your permission to help you that, yes. that, that was, that was different. I will say on, on my end, it was really hard to see. Um, yeah. it, it was really, and, and, and to work with you, like, cause we're trying to work with you the best we can, but to see mm-hmm. this trauma response happening in you, I just hurt. It, it hurt my heart. And, and it was like, it was honestly challenging as a student, um, mm-hmm. to, to see you going through that and to know that we're trying to help you, but at the same time, weighing in my mind, are we causing more trauma? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's a really hard, um, line for, I would say for providers, um, wow. is that, you know, we, we don't want to cause more trauma at all. Mm-hmm. So maybe in this instance, you know, hospital and epidural is a great idea for you just because, you're having mm-hmm. so much difficulty and, and, you know, yeah. and, and that would make things easy. So I know, I remember these things going through my mind for mm-hmm. you, just thinking like, are we hurting her more? Just even mm-hmm. though we're not trying to hurt her, we're trying to help her, but mm-hmm. mentally are we causing mm-hmm. where this is going to be a major trauma event for her also. And mm-hmm. I remember we had talked before, before you went into labor, we had talked a little bit about your previous, but you mm-hmm. had not in my mind, I don't remember you acting like that was such a big deal before. I mean, like you talked about it, like we, you told us about your, your experience, right. But it wasn't very focused on, you weren't like, I feel like it was really traumatic and all this. I mean, so you kind of glazed over it. I feel like, um, but that's what we do. Right. 
when, mm-hmm. we, when we've had trauma and we feel like, you know, well, we need to downplay it and we need to, you know, we're being a, Oh, I say this in myself, not, not you personally, but, but like I'm being a whiner or yeah. I should be tougher or, well, you know, I don't want to be mm-hmm. complaining and it, it's still, I still had a baby, you know, like what that, that saying, you know, um, healthy yeah. baby, you know, then we're all fine. Um, yeah. Like it's worth it. So it doesn't matter. And, exactly. And yeah, I mean, if those I have things to... are true, but yeah. there's, there's a much better way to be able to get there. And wow. acknowledging that the experience getting there is important also, um, mm-hmm. is, is really, I mean, it's very empowering, um, yeah. for well, and that's the thing is that, is that I think at that, I remember talking to you guys about it and I just remember I probably got blotchy. That's what I do. My neck gets all like blotchy whenever I have to have an uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. because to me, which it's not, un- it should not be this big thing for me to tell you a provider hurt me and I'm, and that's something that I struggle with and we got to think about, but to me, it was like, I'm being a crybaby that I'm, yeah you know, and I don't want them to be weird about me saying like this. It was hard for me to say the words that lady hurt me. Isn't um, that interesting. Which, isn't that weird? I mean, cause yeah. she did, I mean, in the end, and that I'm not saying she is Satan or an awful person and is trying right. to hurt. Me. She right. just, was doing what she thought was best and it was not best and it hurt me and she should have talked to me. And I think, um, to reassure you, um, between the difference was you were not causing me more trauma. Cause even though I was having a trauma response, everything, it was so helpful that everything was talked through. And I remember even like holding everything, not just like, Oh, I'm going to do this to you. It was, we're going to work together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and she, everything that everything in Elsie's birth was, if you say stop, I will stop. If you say, if I'm checking you and it hurts, tell me to get out right. and I will get out. Absolutely. Like, and I really, and having that power is, is huge. I really credit. And I'm going to continue saying the midwife because I didn't ask her permission to say her name, um, on the podcast. And I, I should have done that beforehand. Um, but, um, I really, I, I credit your midwife, um, to teaching me that, you know, so much that she was always, always. And I, and I know it's part of the midwifery model of care is that we ask permission for everything. You know, we Mm -hmm. always inform consent is so big to us that we want to give you the pros and cons of something. And you make the decision, not us. We're not making decisions for you. And, and, and that's something that she, she talked about often, um, with mamas that you're in control here. And at Mm -hmm. any point in time, you can tell me to stop. You can tell me to, if she's doing a vaginal exam, you can tell me to get out. You can tell Mm -hmm. me, no, you can say, uh, uh, I mean, there's so many different things. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, she was very big on that. And I really thank her for, for, for teaching me that and showing me, you know, trying to, to make sure that we do keep you in control, that this is your birth mm-hmm. that you have allowed us to be a part of mm-hmm. and, and trying to, you know, make sure that you, you stay empowered, um, yes. throughout your care and the birth and postpartum. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm so thankful that, that, that she taught me that and that your birth, you know, you had a provider like that, who was going to mm-hmm. keep telling you, you know, working through it and talking to you and making you're in control. You're the one making the decisions. And I remember her asking you several times. Cause I think, mm-hmm. I think it was really hard for her too. And she was like, 
Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, you tell me to stop and we'll stop and we're done. And we're just, we're not going to continue doing this. And mm-hmm. you were the one that kept saying, no, no, I can, we can do it. We can do it. Just tell me what we're doing. You can do it. You know? And I, I remember that several times happening that, that I feel like, um, the midwife was kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if we should continue because it's so traumatic for you because you were having, um, such a traumatic response. It's extremely hard for you to be, to see you crying and so distraught and telling us to not hurt you. And Uh that, Oh, that hurt my heart so badly, you know, just to to keep Mm -hmm. telling you and reassure you and hold your hand. I remember brushing your hair out of your face and, and kind of pulling it back for you and just telling you, sweetie, we love you. We're not Mm -hmm. here to hurt you, you know? Um, and, and I even remember saying, reminding you that you were having a baby a few times. I don't know (laughs) if for some reason, I don't know why I remember it happened to like reassure you that you're having a baby. (laughs) And and I don't know if it's because I saw the trauma response and where you kept kind of Mm -hmm. coming in and out of for where we were, you know, and going back to that place. Um, but I don't know if you remember that or not, but there are a lot of little things like that, that I don't remember, but I, I know that it's so interesting listening to you talk about it, like something, um, for any, providers out there that are listening, like it was huge for me, not only that you, you all kept asking and talking to me through it, but also that whenever I said, no, I can do this, Mm -hmm. you allowed me to continue to try because even though I was having a trauma response, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Like there were there, I'll talk about in a second, you know, there's a point where you guys were like, okay, like let's, I think, I think we need to start talking about the hospital. And, um, that was not something that I wanted, but we would have gone because I, I trust you all, but, but within the safety realm that you guys saw, like this, the realm of safety, that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you continue to let me try. And, um, that was huge because once again, I, even though I was freaking out, I was being empowered because I knew that's what I wanted. I was just for, because I do think it was just because my body had held on to that trauma in that spot Mm -hmm. and whenever all that happened it just triggered it and um and and you know things were taking a long time and I was exhausted and and so I just well I know it was so difficult for everyone else people continued to let me try and work with me um as long as I was safe and I would say yeah that's a big balance for midwives um Mm -hmm. that I've seen you know because we have this one side and, and and the majority of the side that we're looking at is safety Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. is baby safe? Is mama safe? You know, so that's why we're mm-hmm. checking vitals, we're checking heart tones and and all of that, right? Making sure that you two are both saying staying safe. Um, mm-hmm. but the other aspect of it is that like, are you like, is is this too much? Are mm-hmm. are we pushing it to a level um because you want a home birth so bad or an out of hospital birth so bad mm-hmm. that we're gonna cause issues, even if it's not related to the safety of you and the baby, but that it's still not a good idea. So I I feel like there's a balancing act that happens there and, and it can be very challenging because, you know, if we, if we say, Nope, I'm sorry, this is too much. This is out of our realm that we would like, you know, to still keep you out of hospital that we, you need to go in that we, risk you being so upset about that Mm -hmm. and us taking your out of hospital birth from you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then on the opposite side that we didn't call it sooner and then we push it and, and then you're upset at us for pushing it because, because you deemed it was too much. Like, I remember the thought in my head for you was that, and, and where it got to, which we're going to talk about in a second was got to like suffering. And that's, Uh that's not what it's about, you know, um, especially, you know, Mm -hmm. out of hospital people are, that are very gung ho about having an out of hospital birth and having all natural and everything, you know, there's sometimes we can focus too much on what we deem the goal to be and not focus on the journey that's happening to try to get to that Mm -hmm. goal. And when it gets to suffering, I'm just like, this Mm -hmm. is not, this is not what this is supposed to be. This is not, it's not okay for you, you know, for sure. And you know, it, and it got to that point at one point, you know, in this birth where I, we pushed some more, we pushed some more. And then, um, it, all of a sudden my cervix, which was a nine, like a nine and a half. Cause I had a lip, mm-hmm. it's like a nine and a half. And it's all of a sudden just swelled up. My, mm-hmm. my cervix swelled. Um, she said it was a four. So I went from a nine to a four. And I just remember her turning to my husband saying, we need to start talking about the hospital. And I, I freaked out because that was kind of my mode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what? And um, she was like, no, we're just talking like, you know, and she was, she was reassuring me and talking to me. And literally as this is happening, without any of us knowing it really at the time, I went into transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I told, I was like, I just want to get in the tub in the pool. And she was like, fine, you can get in the pool. We'll talk about it. And she was talking to the doctor. She was saying, listen, like, we just need you to have an epidural so your body can relax mm-hmm. enough where I can still do this. Cause if not, it's going to turn into an emergency and, um, and which is so valid. Like, uh, it's, I mean, yes, that's what I needed, but I went into transition instead and I'm, they're talking, you guys are talking to me and talking to me and I'm in the tub and I just remember going and I just, (laughs) I kept saying, well, how am I going to get to the car? I'm going to die on my way to the car. Like if you guys try to move me, like it, that's, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, I remember like, you saying that. Yeah. You kept saying like, how am I even going to get to the car? How am I even going to get there? Like, uh, that was like, how am I gonna get pants on? I was yes. like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and you guys were like, it's fine. Like we'll carry you. It's fine. And in this moment, so all this is happening. My husband's in the other room, like getting stuff. He's called someone to come get the kids, all of these things. Right. And we're, we're doing all this and I'm in the water. And I remember thinking it, apparently I shouted it says Madonna and my husband, <laughs> um, I just went, okay. Um, I remember saying or thinking, but I said it, I said, Jesus, you either need to make this stop. And in my, I was like, because you've done it so much already, he's kept making the stop, you know, since, well, mm-hmm. and I didn't say this earlier, whenever that happened. We could earlier, whenever we were working on my cervix, um, the lip, the baby came down and Mm -hmm. we was the same spot where it's almost crowning and she went back up again. So this happened twice in this labor where the baby was like crowning and then just sucked back up twice, which is so bizarre. Yeah, It's so wild. It's wild. I mean, I'm reading books right now. Um, lots of labor and delivery books Mm -hmm. and they're all very, all of the mention things going backwards or dilation going backwards, mm-hmm. but they say it like this, you know, that's very rare. And then they move on. I'm like, oh, it's right. happened to me. <laughs> I know this is a thing. It's very uh, rare, but it yes. happened. 
Yes. So, uh, but anyway, so I was, I was in the pool and I just said, Jesus, I, you either need to make this stop or give me my baby. Cause I can't do it anymore. Yep. And I went to stand up to get in the car mm-hmm. and I kind of flung my body over the side of the pool and she shot out. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there was zero pushing zero. <laughs> I mean, pool fetal ejection. Like she just, I will never forget it. Like, yeah. You guys like grabbed her basically. I mean, she do was, you remember just, me yelling? <laughs> You're like, yeah, get in here. That's what I remember. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, and I think and I yelled head to the midwife <laughs> and I yelled head. And I remember like, I put my hands up real fast because you're, you stood about in the tub at this point in time. Yeah. Right. And so, so my, my midwifery brain is thinking, oh my word, she better not sit down in that water. Cause this baby's just uh-huh. flowing, you know, uh, coming out yeah. real quick. So I remember cause, uh, cause the midwife told me later, Ooh, I got to hear your midwife voice. And I was like, Oh really you did. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, cause I told you something like, do not sit down. Yeah, um, I I, do you see? I don't remember it. Um, but I remember I, how, like kind of it was like almost like holding me out of the water because because yes, when, I I do feel like I was holding you up like do not sit down guess, like yeah. do not do it yeah because the baby head I think she's she said I could still call it a water birth because the baby <laughs> went into the water and popped out like because of where I and you know and the baby can't go back into the water they'll right drown, so yes yeah exactly <laughs> so that's why I was so out of it don't you dare sit down yeah I remember <laughs> like I was so stern with you and then you know then I held baby up on your chest I remember and then you sit down in the water with uh-huh. her up on your chest and then like your face just went oh okay we're fine okay we're done but it was, uh, it's honestly I just laugh because I mean the Lord so much of that is healing I, I mean yeah. I mean, it's honestly miraculous. I really have no clue thing. how that, how she came through your cervix just then. I know it was, a I really it was like, I, yeah, I, it, I can only attribute it to a miracle. I really, honestly, like no book is going to explain it. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. And, and like, even after that, I remember, well, and then we had this is not relevant to the story. I bled a little extra. It was fine. We took some medicine. It was fine. I passed out a little bit. It was fine. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but it was fine. <laughs> a little. I passed out. My dog caught me um, <laughs> on my way to the, and I made my funny joke about feeling so feminine. Oh yeah. For I forgot. Mm-hmm. I was really proud of that. <laughs> oh, my sense man. of humor when I'm like passing out. Um, it was pretty anyway. funny, but she came to check. She, and I just remember her being like, okay, I'm going to check. To, for tearing and all that. And I, I can only imagine she expected me to have torn quite a bit yeah. because I bled extra and because she just shot out of a four, right. was only dilated to a four. So um, on a midwife side, hair. we're thinking you ripped your cervix and pushing yeah. that baby and I out and we're going to have to take you in. And it wasn't, yeah, I was so shocked. I had no, I had no stitches. Again, I had no tearing. It had to be miraculous. Like it was I seriously have no clue how that baby just came through there. I know it was amazing. I mean, I truly, and, and as much all of my births. So something that's so interesting and something the Lord's used, I know we'll talk about this in a second, but I used to get kind of embarrassed. Um, well, yeah, maybe a little bit embarrassed about how, I don't know, or I'll be jealous of people that are like, I realized that I wanted to do my births at home from the get go. And I do it that way every time. And it's awesome. Or I know that I want my epidural and I do it that way every time. And it's awesome. And for me, 
just that everyone is so different. Um, mm-hmm. It was almost like embarrassing. Like I had to take this huge journey to figure this out. Um, but I've decided to start looking at it like a gift. So like this birth was insane. Um, but miracles <laughs> are gifts. I mean, they really yeah. are. And I can, um, and, and it was a gift for me as, mm-hmm. you know, coming alongside, you know, helping your provider as a student midwife that, I mean, mm-hmm. what a gift, um, that you provided, what an opportunity. Cause I'll never see anything like that again. Uh, I'm sure. And to be able mm-hmm. to, to witness not only, you know, the redeeming qualities, cause I feel like that birth was very redeeming. Um, the redeeming qualities in it for you for dealing with that trauma and working through it during the birth, the Mm -hmm. redeeming qualities of having a provider who was listening to you and was trying her Mm -hmm. best to still keep you empowered and in the driver's Mm -hmm. seat and always making the decisions, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, then the aspect of learning and, and I know I've personally shared this before, and I know I shared it on the podcast that I was on, on happy home birth, but um, just, you know, I didn't realize uh, some trauma that I had been dealing with and how it mm-hmm. brought that stuff up. And I was looking at you working through it. And then mm-hmm. it was causing my brain to go like, whoa, 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 you know, you've got this stuff that you're working through also. So mm-hmm. it just, I mean, I feel like there were so many faucets of how that birth mm-hmm. taught so many of us, so many different things. Yeah. It was really, it was really beautiful. I mean, it was long and crazy. It was. And it was really really beautiful. Um, It really was. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And, and I mean, for your whole family, you have such a sweet family and all the children, when we, we had them come from the park, I think they had went to with your friends and, and they came to get to see her and everything Mm -hmm. afterwards, little Miss Elsie, like it was just so beautiful and so wonderful. And yeah, we were all exhausted and tired, (laughs) but that's okay. That's that's, so long. That's what happens. But well, I'd love to hear about, you know, kind of what's happened for you since then. I know a lot that's happened. Like, um, when I was looking at going on the happy home birth podcast and I, I, I touched base with you and said, would you mind if I tell a little bit of your story? Because, you know, it, it kind of relates to the things I've seen and trauma response and, and all of that, you know, and then relating to my personal trauma. And, uh, and of course you were so gracious to give me the permission to do that. And then I feel like there's, that kind of was a catalyst a little bit for you and on a lot of different things, um, happening with you for the birth world. So do you want to share those things? Of course. So yeah, I, um, I, when you and I talked and, and I had been listening, um, to birth stories and just, I don't know, just wanting to do something. So one part of this is, is where we moved to, um, is very underserved. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm talking, I'm trying to think of the kind way to say this. I'm not sure there is one. Um, sometimes no, there's so not, there, <laughs> there's not, I mean, so people don't like to have babies at our hospitals mm-hmm. because people die at our hospitals. So mm-hmm. they will drive two hours to the hospital, um, in either direction. And then there are there's one midwife, maybe two, but I think she's about to move. Um, she's like brand new and, and studied under this midwife, but she's about to leave. That will service the, the town I live in right now. Um, and then and then there are zero doulas. Um, wow. Yeah. 
and and things like you'd have to drive two hours to see a chiropractor that is um, certified, Webster certified. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just not the birth community. There's nothing, and um, most people, um, you know, I, I think everyone does does the best what they have, but it's just very underserved. And and I know um, most of my friends here that have have given birth. Everything, everything's, and and I think this is very common in the birthing world in general is, is to be afraid and, and everything mm-hmm. is a fear response. We've been, our culture has kind of made us that way. And I, um, through all of that, just really felt called um, to be a doula. So I started training. I'm, I have three births coming up this summer. Yay! Um, I am really excited. And, um, you know, I've, I'm almost done my labor doula stuff. Everything will be done um, mm-hmm. next week, actually. And so besides the going to, to the births, but um, you know, we've, I'm really excited about it. It's, I feel like when, I, especially in an area that's underserved, mm-hmm. you don't have someone um, helping you and teaching you and just being there with you, mm-hmm. um, like I did when I had a doula. And then also like I did you all, I didn't have a doula with you, but um, because that would have been too many people in a camper. Um, <laughs> that would have been a lot. <laughs> that would have been a lot. Um, but, you know, but you all took care of me in a very same way. And so I, um, I just could see that like so many people make so many of their decisions out of fear and out of past trauma Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so because of that, I want to be able to help, um, help people, help people. I can't think of the next word. Um, So I'm I'm really excited. It's, um, you know, and, and and like I said before about, about being kind of ashamed of all the variety of stories. Um, I I've realized it's a gift because I can have a different level of empathy for whatever you choose, whatever, if, if for you being at a hospital and doing it all medicated is what you want and what makes you feel safe. Okay. Like you can still have someone help, you know, or if, if it's at home or if it's in a camper away from home or an Airbnb or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or at a birth center, like I, I can be helpful. So I'm excited to help maybe start changing some of the birth culture where I live um, and through that help reduce trauma um, and different things like that. So I'm really excited. Yeah. That's wonderful that you can use all those different experiences that you've had and be able to Mm -hmm. relate to each one of your clients. I mean, that's, that, that is a wonderful gift. I mean, because Mm -hmm. somebody who's only chose out of hospital births and had all their babies out of there, then then it's a little, it's a little more difficult for them to even as much training as you can do until Mm -hmm. you've been in those shoes and you've been in that Mm -hmm. seat, you can't quite fully understand, you know, where that woman is at. And part of, you know, being a doula is just, you know, providing, you know, that support, that, that women need. And so that's wonderful. Had you ever thought about becoming a doula prior to Elsie's birth? Um, not probably before her birth. Um, the last, and I guess she's a year, 13 months old now. Already, Um, I I know. (laughs) Um, but I, I think I had, it had maybe crossed my mind. I'm really Mm -hmm. quick. Um, I stay at home 
and I got a lot of kids. And so I'm really <laughs> quick to be like, that is not a possibility. And just right. like moving on. Completely and so I think understand. it would be like, I, and I will say this, whenever I had Gladys, because I had a doula, I was like, that would be cool to be a doula. And she was like, okay, like, you know, because a lot of ladies feel that way when they're having babies, you know? Um, and she was just like, yeah, you know, I think whenever, you know, she goes, I, well, she was just kind of like, yeah, you know, whenever you're not having babies anymore, like if that, that kind of sticks, she wasn't telling me like, I couldn't do it. She was just kind of like, yeah, you know, a lot of people feel that way when they're having babies, like, mm-hmm. that's, like just conversational. And so I didn't really think much of it. And then um, after Elsie, you know, I think it had kind of crept in a little bit at a time. And then recently, um, when I've connected with some mamas that just, that just didn't have people and didn't have, um, you know, like their families had, had not like everything, they just do things the way that the last person did it. And like, that's just kind of cyclical like that. Once I started to see that mm-hmm. and, and, um, I really feel start began to feel, um, like there's something missing here and that that is a spot that I could fill. So I'm really excited about it. Well, that's great. Cause yeah, you're, you're in the desert in way many more ma- ways than one, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, and you guys have decided to stay in that area. We have, I mean, unless the Lord does something crazy, which, you know, he does all the time. So <laughs> yeah, that's so right true. Now, it is true. But right now we're just planning to, um, to just stay and, um, until, until we're not supposed to anymore, but, Great. but um, yeah, ha- we're excited. Have you- have you done, um, you know, since this is a trauma podcast, I, I would love to discuss with you just a little bit mm-hmm. longer. Um, now, you know, 14 months after that experience, um, where you revisited that trauma, um, during that birth, have you in any other way, um, tried to work through that or sought out a counselor or are doing anything, um, to help with that? Or you just feel like, working in birth work now is, is very, you know, um, medicating for you. (laughs) Um, So I have, um, I do, I don't have a counselor that I see on a regular basis. I have a friend who's a counselor, um, Mm -hmm. that I, that I be like, Hey, go into counselor mode, please. Um, (laughs) switch hats for a moment, please. I have one of those also. (laughs) It's a nice thing. Um, but really for me, a big part of it, Um, and granted I process things by talking about them. And Mm -hmm. if I don't talk about something, um, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I, and like we had kind of talked about earlier, I hadn't really talked about, about much about how, how deep that hit the stuff with Buck, um, until I, cause I still felt uncomfortable even saying that out loud Mm -hmm. that, that this lady hurt me to you all, like that was what, six years later, uh, seven, yeah. seven years later, it was still hard for me just to say, say that somebody hurt me. I don't know. It just was hard. And so right. I and then they didn't even tears. realize exactly what all you had said until last year, not even quite a year ago, exactly. whenever I talked on the podcast, I know because exactly. you messaged me, wait, did I say that exactly? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what she kept saying, don't hurt me. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, maybe talk to John and, and John was like, yes, you said that. <laughs> also, you said this and this and this. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, yeah. And so I think, you know, processing um, a lot of that. And that's something else like a doula can be helpful with is, is helping you process your birth story story 
little story um, that would have been, you know, something that is good. Um, but I, something I've kind of tried to make a practice of um, for me, you know, whoever your person is for me, it's my husband. And I, I will be like, listen, I got to talk this out loud. And I know you've heard me say it 8,000 times. And I've talked to you about what happened here. And I know that even things like, because in all of my births, like he was there. So I'm able to say, okay, I need you to talk me through what you remember about this and just help me think mm -hmm. and get through it. And I, I do that a lot. I mean, I still do even, even um, with any of the births really. Cause I've also um, something else that has happened for me with my births mm -hmm. is I've recently picked up details about past births that were not okay, even though I was satisfied and everything was good and I didn't feel traumatized at the time. Like I'm having to still like go back and stuff about Betty's birth or about stands where I'm kind of grieving some of that and loss of control that I had um, and healing from that, even though I didn't even realize it was a thing. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and really talking through those things and other traumatic events in my life, you know, can be at something else um, that just there's just all kinds of random stuff that happens and, um, and talking through those things with my husband and, and having him talk about it to me. And I mean, we do that regularly. I mean, it's not like on the calendar, but right. we, but, yeah, that, that's, a, that's mean, a great marriage to being able to really be able to is. talk I mean, about I all have those to talk things to him about it. And I have to say, John, I know that you're probably sick of talking about this, <laughs> but, but I need you to, so mm -hmm. that I can get through it. So, you know, next time, maybe I'll be able to handle it a little differently. Maybe I won't and that'll be okay. But so we can both be expecting, you know, whatever. So it's, um, but that's kind of where I'm at now. That's um, great. Yeah, it's good. And if there was like a, there aren't a lot of grown up, once again, underserved area, there aren't very mm -hmm. many, I'd have to drive like two hours and gas is like 520 a gallon. So <laughs> that's true throwing that out there. So yeah. I have to drive a couple hours to get to like a, a real quality licensed therapist. Um, so, you know, right. but we, um, but we, uh, but you know, and I will, and I yeah. would if it got to that point, but yeah. Well, I'm so, so thankful you have such a good husband to be able to discuss those things with you and, and bounce them off and, and be able to talk like and him. And then He's being able to serve your community as a doula, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be so rewarding for you and be able to, to relate to different people and their situations. Yeah. So yeah, that's I really hope so I think, you know, at first, whenever I told people that I was going to be a doula, um, and having had my last birth at home, mm -hmm. um, they all were like, you're a crazy hippie lady and we don't <laughs> want to talk to you about our birth stuff. Um, but whenever I was, I know, but whenever I was able to say, oh no, I've done that, like, there were great things about having an epidural in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And there were great things about, um, about, you know, my induction and like all of my births have good things. Like they're mm -hmm. all, they're all, well, everything, every experience has pros and cons. And mm -hmm. so that has been, um, whenever, once I've been able to tell people and like, kind of, they are like accepting of that. They're like, Oh, okay. Um, so I think it is such a blessing from the Lord that I, he's entrusted me with those experiences to be able to help other people. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. And what a so, great way to use your trauma experience to be able yes. to, to benefit others. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just a, such a blessing. 
for sure. It really is. It really is. I have learned to look at it that way. And I know for everybody, like trauma is, it's hard. Well, obviously it's hard. It's trauma, but, um, it doesn't come quickly to get to that place and Mm -hmm. that's okay. You know, it takes time. And one day, you know, you may be able to, the Lord may present you with an opportunity, um, where you go, Oh, look, I can, even though this was horrific and I really wish this never happened, there is something good that can come from it. And, um, and being willing to do that. And, um, but you know, that might take a really long time and that's really okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's wonderful. Well, being open to that is, yeah. is great. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you were able to come on the podcast and thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your story with us. And I really hope that, you know, everyone listening that might be able to gleam some good from your positivity, right? <laughs> of course. I hope so too. It was yeah. great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Allie. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your Creator, so be who He created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time, Shalom.